podcast. I'm your host Chris, and today I'm joined by Nick. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How you doing? Fantastical. And today we're here to discuss the 2000 American black comedy slasher film Drive Through, directed by Brendan Cowles and Shane Coon. So, this is a slasher movie with a clown. Yes, essentially. Essentially. That's literally, like, the description of the movie. <laughs> Other than that, there's, like... There's I, not... It's not too much deeper. There's, I mean... There's, like, supernatural elements, though, right? There is. I guess, in a way, you can call it a mascot horror movie instead of a clown. A mascot that just happens to be a clown. Yeah, because it's not a traditional clown, right? It's not painted face, funny-looking wig... No, and it's not like the traditional clown, like sad, like he was like entertaining stuff his whole, like entertaining people's whole life, and then had like some weird breakthrough, which I feel like is usual, like in clown type movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. It's really not a clown movie. It's more of like a supernatural kind of slasher. It's a fair way to sum it up. <laughs> um, possession slasher movie. I mean, we got like it's it's really it's, like convoluted like story. So we like there is possession, but you really don't like get a glimpse of that until like the last like two minutes of the movie, and then it's not explained whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So like to sum up the movie like in an actual way, um, it's about a girl and her group of friends. Mm-hmm. They start getting picked off by a guy in a clown suit who was a mascot for a burger chain right yeah he's like the ronald mcdonald of this just like bizarre burger chain it's called... like a mcdonald's parody <clears throat> well it's Pretty called right? hella burger no i don't even know if it's a mcdonald's parody because like well any fast food like <laughs> mega chain well in a way like i think it's supposed to be that but it's also like very much like some weird like erotic like fast food joint that uses like sex to sell its cheeseburgers and like it's 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 bizarre. Yeah, it's definitely over the top, <laughs> over the top of shit. And um, yeah, but anyway, so these kids are getting picked off, and the point of the movie is them trying to kind of solve the mystery of who, why, and how to stop it. Yeah, and that's pretty much the movie in a nutshell. Um, these directors, I've never heard of either of these dudes. Not household names. No, and if you look them up, I'm currently on the actual like movie page. These guys' names aren't even like highlighted to look up other films. Yeah, one of them doesn't have a picture, which mm. is troublesome if you're a, a director. You know, I think like when you're involved in movies, entertainment, pictures are like something that get taken a lot. So not to not have a picture on IMDb is impressive. <laughs> it really is. It really shows like a lack of effort on your part. Not even that. Maybe just kind of a sad lack of appreciation for that person from IMDb. Just a wee bit. Like each of their movie credits, they have like five other writer credits, and it's all like some like Seal Team Six like miniseries. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't know. I read somewhere here one of these guys did this movie called uh, Dark Ride, mm-hmm. and that was part of the uh, After Dark Horror Fest. One of those like. They're all B-movies, B-horror movies, but I really like that one, actually. So, I mean, that, there's that, but outside of that, I couldn't find any other credit that like I recognize from these, these gentlemen. I don't know what that means, but 
do what you will with that information. It probably means that they kind of dropped the ball here and didn't get a second movie. Probably. <laughs> now, but did you recognize the uh, actors in this? I did. I did. There was a few people that I had seen. We had, um, what is the main characters? Layden Meester. Layden Meester. She was in Gossip Girl, a couple other different things. She was uh, Her big one was The Roommate. The roommate? I don't think I ever saw that one. Yeah, she played the antagonist in that one, actually, where, like, a girl had a college roommate that was a nut, and Leighton Meester played the roommate. Okay. Uh, she was in... There's a couple other things, but that was, like I said, the main one I remember her from. We also had um, Melora Hardin. Jan from The Office immediately was like... She's one of those people, or anyone from The Office, really. Wait, which friend is she? Or no, who no, is it? She's the mom. She's her mom. So the she's chick? Yeah, she's Jan off the office. She dates Michael for a couple seasons. I've never seen the office. Oh man. So anyways, like she's like a really big part of that. And so anytime I see anyone from the office, because like I love the office, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know that uh, meme of Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when he's like pointing at the screen. That's me on my couch. I'm like, oh, there she is. Oh ah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I read that too, like that she had some big fucking credits outside of this. But like you said, I'm not a fan of The Office, so I'm not really sure. About it. <laughs> uh, the Boyfriend, you recognize that guy? I do not recognize him. So I can't think of the actor's name, but he was Fisher in this movie, uh, the main chick's boyfriend. He had a uh, big role in Final Destination 5, I believe. Oh, 5. He was the main dude in that one. That one's pretty fucking fire. Okay. Uh, the uh, the stoner friend with the long hair, do you recognize him? The guy with the curly hair? I did not recognize that guy. He's had a bunch of like small parts in movies. Like he was in Easy A with Emma Stone. He was? Yeah, he was the main love interest in that one. Oh wow. I did not know that. John Tucker must die. He was the main dude's brother. Yeah. Uh, just little small roles like that. So there was a lot of like actors that went on to do other things from this. Yeah. Also, um Larry Joe Campbell. He was um uh he was always in according to Jim. He had like a little small role in that, and he actually had a kind of a larger supporting role in the movie Hall Pass. And he was a usually a comedic actor, and I think that that I mean he, he was supposed to be the comic relief in this. Is movie. Is that the uh, the cop, the chubby dude? Yeah, the chubby ah, dude. Okay, I want to say, bro, he wasn't. I doubt it. There's just a dude in Terminator Two who looks just <laughs> like this guy, but I doubt it was the same guy. It could have been. This guy has a lot of credits. But no, so yeah, so there were some actors in this, right? Yeah. Um. What did you think of the overall, I don't know, how would you say, because it's considered a black comedy slasher, would you feel that's a good, like, generalization of it? Yeah, definitely. There was, sometimes the they'll put, like, the black comedy label on movies that I think were just kind of unintentionally funny, and I think this one was intentionally trying to have humor in it. Yeah. I think that the themes get kind of... Nah, it's pretty consistent throughout, I would say. Yeah, they, like, have serious, then funny. The dialogue is really written to be, like, a teen horror movie where they're kind of being witty and having good quips and at a few times kind of comparing things to other scary movies kind of in, like, a Scream-style way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the humor is supposed to be there. It's supposed to be, like, kind of, like, highbrow humor in a way and also has, like, some, like, slapstick in, mixed in, but yeah, the humor's there. That was a really good analysis of the fucking humor. Um, but no, like, uh, and also, what would you, the, it was it was different because 
the teenagers in this movie, they're supposed to be like upper class kids, correct? Yes, definitely like rich, like rich preppy kids. Maybe Orange County, very like just just rich. So the dialogue is a little bit cheesy. Oh, it's, the dialogue is very cheesy. Just very very cheesy throughout the whole movie. There's definitely a lot of silly moments you have to look past, which is why I described it to you before you watched it. <laughs> it has a lot of white angstiness, like angsty teenagers, you know? Yes, yeah, this like uh, this water, this soda is warm. I'm going to fucking go kill myself. <laughs> in a lot of like really, I feel like in this like kind of setting when you have these kids out in like a suburban America that is very affluent you get the very rebellious kids that are like super like anti their parents work and like we're just fascist or whatever you know that kind of rhetoric comes out of the yeah and a lot kids. of like political shit was randomly thrown in <laughs> i wrote that that's one of the things i wrote down because it's like also like i don't know if they wanted it to be a little more highbrow like a political like like a like a a satire on politics in America, but yeah. it, it it didn't stick. But it was that was definitely like a theme of the movie. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be jokes or like actual like commentary. <laughs> I think commentary, <laughs> which was strange. Um, but pretty much that's like the breakdown of the movie. We're gonna go ahead and like actually just review the movie in general. So if you haven't seen it yet, we're about to spoil it quite a bit. So I recommend you going to check out Drive Through and then coming back. Um, so what do you think overall, man? <laughs> Over, uh, it was entertaining. I it, it was one of those movies that was like, all right, ninety minutes, hour and a half, going in, you're gonna get in, get out, get entertained, and be done. You're not gonna have to think about it that much, and you're just gonna kind of have a a fun time on the way. On the last podcast, you asked me if we could do a movie like that. Did I deliver? You did. It wasn't like it's not life changing. It wasn't a complete movie, like in like a sense where I would be like, "Man, that movie had, you know, a very strong script, great acting." But but it did entertain me for an hour and a half. Yeah, you wanted a campy slasher movie, and it, and it delivered. Yes. Mm. So the main antagonist of this movie, Horny the Clown. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, dude. I like this movie. Uh, like, I've seen it at least five times. <laughs> or neither. I don't know. It's because I think it's such... It's an underground movie, would you say? Because I guarantee you ask ten people if they've seen this fucking movie, nine of them are going to say no. I think ten of them would say no. It is very underground. Very much like one of those like on the fringe horror movies that you just have never, ever heard of. And you're never going to see like on accident. Dude, like, it wasn't even, like, I, I rent all these movies that we watch on YouTube, for the most part. Wasn't on YouTube. Didn't didn't have a link to rent. And I went to go rent it from Voodoo, which had it, had it. And it was one of those movies that's, like, on, like, the cusp of, like, 2007. So, you know, they're going to have, like, maybe, like, a high-definition version. And I, like, knew that this project was probably so lo low budget that, like, I had the choice between the standard definition and then, like, an HDX download. That was like three ninety nine versus like seven ninety nine, and I was like, I'm not gonna spend three extra dollars to see like the same quality movie. Yeah, but speaking on that, even though this is a B movie, like I feel like the quality of it, it doesn't look that bad. Mm, yes and no. I mean, like the actual like, there's movies I've seen, bro, where like you look at them, and you're like, oh, somebody filmed this, you know, with a flip phone at their house. <laughs> 
this one was <clears throat> I feel like it's average. You know, it's your average B movie. Yeah. Okay. It's like a like a straight to sci-fi movie almost. Like the quality not speaking on the actual movie. Um but yeah, so like did the comedy hit for you for the most part? Um yes and no. The comedy of the like actual like the comedy that was like satiring what the slasher genre is like was funny to me. The stuff that like Horny the Clown was doing and like just their kind of dialogue and quips back and forth with the murder was funny. But to me, like they when they went to do their slapstick or their like teen witty dialogue, that yeah, stuff yeah, didn't work for me. That was the corny shit, right? Yeah, that stuff just like was like not it for me. And then also even like the sheriff who was just like trying to be silly the whole movie didn't work for me either. I don't know. Some of the stuff he did was fucking funny. Like with the beginning, whenever the the very first time we see him when they're at the the, the murder scene. Uh huh. And the news reporter is like uh, asking him questions, and when she's walking away, that dude's like, "I'll talk, I'll <laughs> yeah. talk." You know the dynamic between him and the female detective, and she turns around, and she's like, "You're not gonna talk to anybody." <laughs> that was funny. And then him in the one of the later scenes when he pumps a shotgun is pretty funny too. Where he's getting all fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. G.I. up and shit. He has like a SWAT like outfit on, ready to go raid this house. <laughs> Nah, but uh, back to the actual antagonist, Horny the Clown, dude. I uh, I don't know what it is, man. I actually just love the look of it, the aesthetic. The clown? Yeah. Um, like, it's got, like, uh, he's got a speaker box on his face. And, like, when he speaks, it sounds like he's talking to you through a drive through fucking uh, machine. Yeah. That was tight to me. It was a cool touch. The only thing I didn't, I thought was weird about his, like, whole outfit was... He had, like, these, like, platform shoes on. Yeah, they were, like, heels, right? Yeah, and he was just, like, kind of moving them around really well in those. And also, I didn't understand, like, the supernaturalness of it or how much of him was, like, physical. It was a lot a lot of weird stuff there. Yeah, that's something to talk about. Um, That's probably one of the aspects that I didn't like was their whole implementation of the supernatural stuff. Like, I feel like I would have enjoyed the movie a lot better if it was just a pure slasher, you know? There's a guy in a suit. But even to counter argument my own point, what's the best case scenario for how it ends? Is it like the Scooby Doo ending? No, I think the best case scenario you mean for the situation if he was If it was just the guy in a suit and there was none of the supernatural elements. I think in that one you could have done the reveal of who the bad guy was and done the whole story still. Oh, uh, that could have fleshed out the story a little bit. Yeah, and so that part could have been like waiting her, to figure like, it out. It could have been like one of her circle of friends or some shit had some type of relation to blah. Or that the kid never died and he was always alive. That's true. So, so that could have been it. I think it would have worked out a lot better because I think a lot of the supernatural stuff was just kind of like That kind of like me. fucked up the movie a little for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the movie is about like to get into it a little more specifically, um, a guy who owns a fast food joint called Hella Burger, right? Mm-hmm. His son used to wear the costume and be the mascot, right? He was the Horny the Clown for the story. The original Horny the Clown for his burger shop. Yes. Uh, some kids pull a prank. They burned down the shop, right? With him inside of it. Yes, which is like always like a bizarre like horror movie trope or just a movie trope in general was like these kids pulled a prank that went through too far. Like I've pulled pranks on kids that are kind of mean. I've never gotten close to murder. No, you definitely got to like <laughs> go some extra steps <laughs> to burn someone alive in a fast food joint and to leave him. 
I feel like if I was ever in that situation, you're obligated to save that dude's life. You have 100% obligated. (laughs) Even if it's like at the risk of your own life, it's like you did this motherfucker. Yeah, you can't just leave a kid to burn alive in a fast food restaurant. Like it was awful. (laughs) So that happens, right? And Mm. um, the repercussion of that is the kid dies, supposedly. And uh, his spirit has gone on to try and kill the children of the kids that pulled the prank, uh, prank on him, correct? Yes. More specifically, the the main character, what is her name? Mackenzie. So they call her Mac, I think. So the main character's mom tricked the kid into meeting him for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And so the plan is that the clown is going to come back on the mom's daughter's birthday and kill her that's right and they've completely ripped off uh what's the movie where they do that whole ending scene i've seen it in a fuck ton of movies uh black christmas they've done it texas chainsaw massacre they've done it where at the end of the movie all of the protagonists friends or associates are all gathered into one location and their bodies are all propped up that's a horror movie trope like a motherfucker definitely and uh, that's more or less how this one goes, too. You know, she's at a table. All of her friends' corpses are all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the whole possession aspect, that's very... I guess it's alluded to because at the start of the movie, there's a scene with a Ouija board. And the Ouija board's, like, moving on its own. It's spelling out the license plate number. That's the first big, like, clue you got. Like, all right, there's a little more going on. Yeah, and... Anytime I see a Ouija board in a horror movie, I'm, like, turned off by it because it's just such, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card for, like, a writer who's like, I don't know, I'm stuck. Like, what should we do? Like, throw in a Ouija board and then we could figure this out. And it's yeah, kind of annoying, but it's also, like, like you said, it was immediately, like, okay, he's not just a regular serial killer or something because they can't control Ouija boards from across the city. And so you have to think, like, okay, you can't just kill this. And which also adds the element of, invincibility to the slasher which is something that i don't know if i like like in halloween in friday the 13th in those early movies like the the bad guys the slasher the killers they are very much like killable which also makes it kind of a little more fun and you know that you kind of have a chance to you can win yeah there's that's a double-sided coin, because, like, I like my slashers to be believable, but at the same time, I like when my slashers are on God mode also. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, like, you want them to be, like, putting up numbers? You want to be LeBron, like, Game 7? Yeah, like, I want to think, like, there's a Navy SEAL under that mask sometimes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get Like, you. there's, like you said, the oldest, like, slasher films, 70s to 80s, like, the first four Friday the 13th, the first five Halloween movies. They're just like regular size guys. They're just dudes with masks. But at some point in each of those franchises, and Jason, it's the sixth one, I think, where he comes back as a zombie. All of a sudden, he's seven feet tall and he looks like The Rock. <laughs> Halloween, it's the reboots. I th- oh, no, it's H2O. There's a scene where he's doing a fucking pull-up, bro. He's holding onto a <laughs> rafter and he's holding himself up with one arm and he lets himself down with one arm in slow motion. So that's power. There's a, so there's obviously some point in culture where people just wanted to see like fucking uh, what's that type of workout? So they just want to see these guys all be CrossFit athletes, bro. <laughs> 
And I kind of like that. Like, because <clears throat> you think in their old ones, I'm like, uh, especially in the first ride of the 13th, when Jason just has a sack on his head, I'd fuck that dude up, bro. <laughs> you, would, you would turn and fight? Oh, uh, dude, I'd fuck him up. Because he's not <laughs> big. He's just like, you know, a 5'11". Average build man with a hockey mask and a knife. It's just the jumpsuit kind of makes him intimidating in the first one. Possibly. And also, but, like... Yeah, I, I, I like the... I like the Michael Myers being able to be, like, karate kicked out a window, like, by Busta Rhymes. Like, that's, like... That's my speed of slasher guys that I like. I want him to be, like, invinced, like... But in that, like, they're still not, like, really beatable because, like, you kick him out the window and he still gets up and leaves. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, in a lot of those movies, most of it has to do with the element of surprise. He's sneaky. Yes, because all this shit comes out of the blue. Because right now, it's easy for us to say, like, there's a guy coming at you with a knife. He's walking around. What are you going to do? But in most of these movies, it's the equivalent of, like, if a guy comes out of that kitchen right now with a knife and stabs you, neither one of us are going to be ready for that. Oh, yeah, I'm dying. Like, it's... it's Instant. Or around this fucking corner, anything. That's the whole point of it. You're not ready for it. If you're ready for it, that's something else. And in this movie, that's not the case at all. Like, you could be ready. You could be prepared. You're, you're done. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But they definitely turned Horny the Clown God mode. Definitely God mode. In those platform boots. But at the same time, you remember the first time he runs into the uh, protagonist, Mac, in the uh, fucking photo room? Uh-huh. Doesn't she, like, kick him in his nuts? And he falls on the ground. I don't. I, I think she just knocks something out of his hand and runs, which is kind of like a plot hole in that. Like he should have just been able to just take her out, or well, he was playing a, with her. That's plot armor. Yeah. Um. And something else that this movie did. What did you think of the uh, the soundtrack? The soundtrack was. I I, th- I really liked the aesthetic of like that like very like every, specific type of rock music because every had. time he showed up, it turned into thrash fucking metal, which I thought was cool because yeah. I like that kind of music, and I just feel like with his like look. Did it not like just work? I I thought it was. It was like kind of like a like cyberpunky like kind of like look and feel. Yeah, yeah. Because he looks like this dude looks like he came out of a Slipknot music video. Yeah, his cross was like like a video game too. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the scene that sticks with me is like I said, like I just alluded to with uh, the first time he meets the protagonist where he's um. He attacks her in the photo room. She runs out of the photo room and the music turns off. And you just see her, like, bend a corner, running, like, screaming for help. And the second he comes around the corner, bam, that hits you in the face with the fucking music <laughs> as he's chasing her. That shit was tight to me. Okay. I didn't I didn't notice that when I, during my watch. Like I said, I've seen this movie too many times. <laughs> <clears throat> but just, like, yeah, every time this dude showed up, I think more so in the beginning, I don't think they did it as much at the end. No, I don't think so. The end of it, like, the whole, like, kind of pace of it changed from him being, like, a deranged killer to him being, like, a spirit. So, like, yeah, it's almost that, like it was two separate horror movies. And I definitely feel like that drop-off, like, at the beginning, because also with the uh, the violence in this movie. hmm I feel like it was, they definitely upped the ante in terms of, because there's some movies, right, like, we were talking about older slasher films where they do a cutaway. Yeah. You know? Somebody's about to get stabbed. You see the hand go up, the knife, the, the motion of the plunge beginning of a knife or machete, whatever it is, camera cuts away. So we kind of got that in a way. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was like the very first kill are those two guys going into the fast food restaurant, and you don't actually see the guy get killed on camera. 
It's very gory still because you later find out that this dude got his head put in the fryer and just melted off. And you see his face like fall, his skin on his face just fall off like a pancake. Yeah. And then I don't think you see the second guy get killed. No, yeah. no, that that's the cutaway part where because uh, he's like uh, he's telling him like my parents will pay you whatever you want. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, homie, that's just not gonna cut it. And he's gonna swing <laughs> and it cuts away. Like I said, some of those older films. Uh huh. And they did do that, you know, one or two times in this movie, but there's other scenes. Yes. Like uh, the ball pit scene. That was very That boring. was brutal, where yeah. he, like, comes out of the fucking um, ball pits, like Jesus <laughs> rising out of the water. And then he just chucks his... He has a cleaver, right? A big-ass cleaver. He has a very, like, custom-made cleaver. Like, it's it's a nice... It has, like, a very jagged little edge. and then it, It's cool. I like it. I like the weapon. Yeah, so he, like, chucks it at one dude's head. And this speaks to the practical effects of this movie we see a couple times. This dude's got a cleaver, like, just halfway down the middle of his skull. Uh-huh. And then you see the dude just walk up. And, again, I think they use that metal music in this part again. Uh-huh. He's, like, walking up, pulls the cleaver out. And the other guy's just standing there staring at him. And you actually see him kind of just, like, hack, hack for, like, a good five seconds. Yeah, you see a lot of in that scene for sure. It's like, but it. I feel like... They kind of did a good mixture of it with, like, people getting cut up and then also just, like, the hacking. You see him more moving than the guy, like, getting torn apart. Yeah, but I think even that implication is more than most movies will give you. That's true. Which, you know, this that's why this stands out to me because it's that mix of, like, brutality, but they don't overdo it. It's not um, exploitation. And I think it's easier to do because I think the more brutal kills were all people that you had kind of just met. It wasn't anyone you had been, like, with the whole movie. So they kind of take took a lot of the heaviness of seeing someone being brutalized when it's just some random character. Except for the black chick and the stoner friend. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of just barely see her at the beginning of the movie. True, true. The stoner friend had at least a quick one. But speaking of that, so that's one. That's a unique kill, the, the black chick. Didn't really make sense. It does not make sense at all, bro. The like, physics of it don't even make sense. Okay, so what we're talking about is this chick gets tied up to a chair, and somehow her head is like inserted into a microwave. Like it's just like sitting on. Like it's like there's chains holding the micro. Like there's a hole cut in the bottom of the microwave, and he just put it on top of her head so it's resting on her shoulders, and chains are holding it all down. So, which is my question, like. If you could turn on a mic, can you like, would a microwave work with the door open if it wasn't like a setting against it? No. Like, do you need a confined space to microwave? I don't know that answer. Well, here's a better one. I don't know, like, if a microwave will work with a giant hole cut in the fucking bottom of it. That's the first one. It might. For all we know, it's just plastic under it, but I doubt it. Like, it also begs the question, like, if the main character, Mac, if she would have got there quicker, she could have just hit that cancel button. Well, no, by the time she got up to her, wasn't that bitch's face already, like... Yeah, it was melted. <laughs> it, it was brutal. It was done. Blood squirted out across the screen and shit. It was, it was bad. Um, I don't know if you've seen... You've seen Kick-Ass? Yeah. Did you see, remember that microwave scene where they put him in the big, like, the giant industrial microwave and he just, like, blows up? His head explodes, right? I think his whole body just like implodes, like yeah, it's yeah. just like all crazy. So I don't know. This it's a very cool concept for someone to get like literally like microwave to death. It was different. It was unique. 
Um, and also we were talking about the stoner friend. So I like how they did that, like nod to like fucking samurai movies when that guy died. Yeah, that was cool. Cause it's this like kind of far away shot. You see like horny walk up to him and he kind of does this quick swipe with his cleaver and he turns around and he stands, he like walks towards the camera and you see the stoner kid in the background kind of like covering his like face or some shit or protecting himself. Uh-huh. And this is even after horny's like swiped his fucking uh, cleaver and he's like looking at his hands and he's all like, oh, okay, I'm good. But then you see Horny like wipe blood off his fucking cleaver. And then all of a sudden the dude's like top half just falls off the bottom half of his fucking body. <laughs> it was very much like an old like samurai thing. Maybe something like you'd see out of like Kill Bill, like Tarantino paying homage to those old Japanese movies. Where like the guy like does the does the slash and then does the like, he does the hard pose and like just does a quick little twitch of the blade or something. It's like the Gilbert Arenas like took the shot and turned around before it went in. He just he just knew he he, he hit it. <laughs> he knew he fucking nailed the three, bro. <laughs> yeah, he knew it went in. It was tight, man. Like this movie does a lot of like little stuff <laughs> that I just I love. But um, okay, so we've been like gassing the movie up. What's some stuff you didn't like in it? The dialogue between the teenagers was just ridiculous. Like, it was just so, so, like, cheesy in a way that, like, people don't talk. Like, I know movies are kind of, like, movies are, like, obviously, like, there's going to be ways that people talk that aren't, like, natural or normal. But, like, this just didn't make any sense at all. Like, the just the way they talk to each other. And the way that everybody was just, like, so calm about all these murders in this little town of... The town of Blanco Carne. Blanca Carne. You know Blanc- what that means, sir? I, I do. The town of white meat. The white meat. <laughs> I love it. I mean, which makes sense because there was not one non-white person in this movie. I mean, it's easy for us to say, bro, but like that's a culture that's very far away from us, I feel. The what? <laughs> like how they would speak and stuff like uh, Orange County white kids. No, they're not talking. No one talks like that. You think, you think that's all just made up? Like, just, like, the way that they're, like, just, like, the manner in which they, like... It's, like, clueless, right? Yeah, it's, like, just, like, no one talks like that. It's just, like, not at all, like, how people talk. That's true. Like, they were character arcs. Essentially, yes. They were just very stereotypical character arcs. In every, like, auxiliary character was very much, like, a stereotypical character. It reminds me a lot of, like... Cabin in the Woods, like when they get to the final scene in Cabin in the Woods, and they're like, "Oh, we needed these specific Where archetypes re- of people." To they release the chemical that makes them feed even more into those character arcs. Yeah, where it's just like super juiced up, like stereotypes, pretty much. Because, like you said, there's the angsty teen, there's the stoner friend, there's the tomboyish friend, the horny boyfriend, <laughs> the horny boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, so they definitely just played into those things. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, special things about them. Things that <laughs> no. made them stand out. Um, another thing I didn't really like, uh, we kind of got into this already, was the paranormal thing just didn't, didn't do it for me. Like, Ouija boards are corny to me. Magic eight balls that have, like, just magic readings on it are really corny to me. Just because simply, like, at that point... If I see like a magic eight ball doing this crazy stuff and saying all these crazy things to me, I'm probably going to like a priest of something, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm getting things checked out in a different way. I'm going to a psychiatrist. I'm be like, dude, I'm losing it. Like, yeah, there's definitely something going on. 
But, I mean, you could say, though, that what those were attempts at is foreshadowing. Like, those are the only plot device those were used for, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, if those didn't exist, like, how else would the plot have moved in this movie? Yeah, they were definitely just plot devices specifically for that. But, like, the whole supernatural element in general, like, at the end with, uh... So, something happens at the end. The boyfriend gets possessed. After they finally... So, after the dinner where Horny tries to kill the main protagonist, Mac... Well, even before that, I think. No, I think it's when he dies is when his spirit leaves. Well, no, because no, they were right. walking yes. around the house together, and he accidentally runs into Horny. And uh, Horny tells him, like, you eyeballing me, boy? And then, like, his eyes turn red or some shit, right? Yes, that did happen. But and then he goes to a hospital. And yes. then the whole other part of the movie happens. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> d like, how does that work? Like... Exactly. They give uh, Horny this ability to possess people completely fucking out of the blue. And so, does, like, Horny, like, have to die for the boyfriend to be able to turn into... Into the new Horny? The new horny? And, like... It doesn't make sense that Horny has, like, a lineage now unless they're going to make, like, hoping to get, like, a sequel made, you know? Like, because otherwise, like, the whole story of Horny is that he's, like, this one <laughs> I feel so I... stupid continuing to say Horny just as yeah. FYI. It's super weird. But, like, the whole lineage and backstory of, like, why this clown did this doesn't make sense after he attempts to kill Mac. I think, like you said, there definitely was probably plans for this to be, like, you know, a fucking franchise. Sadly, there was a lot of plans for these guys, and they just never panned out. Yeah, and um, because it does end with uh, oh, because I mean, we see the actual Horny the Clown guy. He gets ma his mask taken off, right? And wouldn't it make more sense for it to look like somebody else with like red eyes, somebody else that was possessed, as opposed to we see the actual like burned Archie. Yes, like that doesn't make sense at all. Unless what? he immediately possessed somebody and the burn marks are from how they set him on fire in that scene. That's very much us like filling in the blanks for this movie. Which is like, yeah, it's like not necessarily <laughs> what they intended. It's just like us taking like wild stabs. It's us thinking very much too hard about it. Because obviously the writer directors did not think that hard about this part. <laughs> And I thought this was also kind of dumb about, like, the Ouija board and, like, the eight ball. Like, when they are exploring the house and, like, trying to find Horny, and they go into Horny's, like, his childhood room, and there's an eight, eight ball there, and the the boyfriend's just like, oh, so that's how he could talk to you. It's like, what? <laughs> that makes no sense, bro. <laughs> it's like, that's a leap. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a stretch, man. Um... I like the uh, the comedy in this. You were talking about that a little bit earlier. I like the exchanges between, um, like, whenever somebody would be talking to the drive-thru box. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much it would just sound like a regular, you know, drive-thru guy. Welcome to Hellaburger, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the guy would be, the beginning part specifically. What was the guy? He said, like, I'll take blah, 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 large, large fries. And then wouldn't he say, like, uh, do you want to die, bitch? And yeah, something like, like that. And then the dude would be like, what did you say? He'd be like, oh, I said, do you want fries with that? So was that horny, like, switch, like essentially code switching? 
Pretty much, yeah. Like it, because like the the restaurant was clearly closed. Like there was no one in there working. There wasn't like an actual person that was talking first. You would have to assume. I don't know, dude. There's a lot of like logic that gets messed up in this movie. <laughs> like you can't think about this movie too much at all. What do you think about the Hella Burger franchise in general? Um, it looked like they had like this is fire, this is really right? random. They had way too many menu items. So like they have like the cheeseburgers and stuff and like. And at the end, the cop goes back and orders. He's still ordering, like, wings and, like, other kind of chicken items that aren't, like, typical, like, at, like, a McDonald's or, like, a Wendy's. So I'm, like, anytime a restaurant has, like, too many options, it's not good. You know? Bro, have you ever been to uh, Texas Tom's? They got <laughs> one in Quindaro. I haven't been there. I've driven past it a billion times. Sir, those motherfuckers sell tacos, burgers, wings, <laughs> And Chinese food. <laughs> is it? Do they do any of them well? Probably not. I think I had a burger and it was okay. But yeah, so I like that stuff. I like variety. Because uh, I'm a fat fuck that goes to like multiple fast food spots. I'm like, you know what? I want some wings. But at the same time, I kind of want a burger from McDonald's too. And I'm down with that. I'm just saying if you have that big of a menu, it's not none, nothing's going to be good. Like not one thing is going to be like special. Yeah. And you alluded to the uh, the marketing that Hella Burger does. <laughs> so we see a couple like TV commercials for Hella Burger. I I like it all, dude. I love the aesthetic of everything. <laughs> and also, we're gonna continue this, but there's a cameo in this movie by Morgan Spurlock. I, I'm not aware. The uh, he did the uh, Super Size Me documentary about McDonald's. Oh, really? The, the guy who's the cashier in the ball pit scene. Oh, I did not know that. Or he's I didn't uh, recognize him. He's trying to offer the chick the little horny doll that's got like a fucking hot dog in front of it, like a wiener. Uh-huh. And uh, the girl's like, where's your shitter? And he's like, the ladies room <laughs> is right over there. Yeah, that dude, I didn't realize that was a super sexy guy. I forgot to mention that dude's in this movie. I liked his whole little part. Like, remember when he sees the guys messing up the ball pit room and he's all like, it's... He's got his hat. He's like, it's go time. He has a really funny quote. I think I wrote it down actually at that part. It's like kind of ridiculous what he says. He says, <clears throat> sorry. Nah. Me... I just, uh, I liked his part in it in general because of, you know, his whole involvement with like fast food in general. I thought it was funny for him to be in this movie. It was a nice grab for them, for real. I can't find it. I didn't write it down. He says something super corny when he like sees them and like tried to kick them out of it. Could you imagine like, like, I never worked at fast food, and, like, I couldn't imagine being, like, the 17-year-old employee that just, like, has to deal with, like, drunk, like, teenagers or, like, college students just starting to play in the ball pit and having to, like, kick them out. Like, like what do you do? Like, I wouldn't even try. Yeah, like, there's only so much you can do. Uh, you're kind of leaning on people's, like, respect for your authority, which is kind of a stretch. Which is always a stretch. I was a lifeguard. <laughs> And there's no respect for authority, even if I'm ever sitting here, like, I'm supposed to, like, save people's lives and no respect for, for authority. Well, like, and I, like, really didn't care if, like, kids were, like, messing around. And one time this guy, like, got mad because this kid kept squirting this old man with this water bottle, this water gun. And he was like, aren't you going to do something? I was like, I'm not his babysitter. <laughs> go slap the fucking gun out of his hand, bro. Like, what do you want me to do? I was like, why don't you go do something? You have just as much authority to tell this kid to do as I do. It's I'm like, here to make sure he doesn't die. It's like that scene from Superbad, bro, where uh, you've seen Superbad, yeah. right? Where uh, Jonah Hill gets spit on and he tells uh, <laughs> Michael Sarah, like, where were you, bro? And he's like, what did you want me to do? Dive in front of the spit? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that. 
It's like, there's only so much you can do. I actually worked at uh, McDonald's, bro, when I was like 14. You told me that story. Yeah, dude, and it sucked fucking nuts. How long did you work there? Not even like three months, bro. I was I was in and out. Um, but like you said, there was definitely a lot of situations like where you don't feel, especially in fast food, bro, nobody respects you at all. You are <laughs> less than, 100%. Did you ever mess up someone's food and, like, get, like, told off? No, I uh, I worked morning, so I never had to deal with a lot of, like, the... It was a lot of, like, hash browns and coffee and shit. Yeah, there's not a lot of customization with breakfast. No, which is why I'd never eat it, because it costs more than the fucking lunch menu, but they give you less food. Doesn't make sense, but I'd love me a good hash brown, bro. Hash browns are fucking essential. <laughs> <clears throat> but now, and uh, I also worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, so also, like, relevant. Yes, and I did that for, like, six months, and I was the fucking guy in the suit. That's everybody's fucking joke. They're like, did you wear the suit? <laughs> like, I fucking yes. did. So, how you, do you feel? Were you Chucky or, like... Chucky. You were him? You yeah, were because... Like Jasper? Uh, no, no, I was strictly <laughs> Chucky, because my, uh, my job title was the... It was the guy in the referee shirt who fixes the machines whenever they fuck up. There, yeah. <laughs> And mind you, when I say fix the machines, I mean, all I would do is, like, know how to fix if the tickets got jammed. Anything beyond that was above my pay grade. <laughs> and when you do that job, you're specifically responsible for wearing the Chucky suit, like, every two hours. What what did that, like, you just went back there and put it on. I'm sure you got, like, bum-rushed by these kids. Yeah. And uh, I had the only, there's only one Chuck E. Cheese on this side of the town. Like, there's one on the Missouri side, but in Kansas, there was just, you know, the one. Yeah, Novoland Park. And um, <clears throat> so everybody goes there. You get people from Wyandotte, you get people from Olathe, from all the fancier part, of, the bad part of town and the good part of town. It's mixed bag, yeah. And uh, I think only people from down here would go up there, bro. Because it was just only just me and other hood folk. And uh, I would put on the suit. And I would just see these little kids going up, Chucky, Chucky, because they had like the little puppet machine still on stage while I'm walking around, right? Yeah. Is that your brother, Chucky? <laughs> Is that your brother? Hey, do you know my dad? Did, did my dad come in here? There's like random shit like that. And I'm not allowed to speak while I'm in the suit. So I'm trying to pantomime answers to this kid. <laughs> Didn't work out. <laughs> you just have to like do shoulder shrugs all day. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, that was a fun gig. But, um, yeah, dude, just shitty stuff happens, bro. Kids vomit all over the place. Like you were saying, in a fast food job, people just fucking no respect whatsoever for the establishment. None. It's awful. Where, how do we even get on this tangent? I was talking about something and then we went off on a curb. And we were, t we ended up talking about the super size me dude and then came here. But I don't know what brought us to supersize me. Uh, da, da, da. Was it the comedy? Eh, I don't know. Ah, fuck it. What's we next? Lost. We lost it. <laughs> uh, what didn't I like? Because we talked about what you didn't like. We talked about the supernatural elements. That was probably the biggest one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that whole twist at the end. Because at the end, guys, the boyfriend gets possessed. Sad. Hate to see it. And... Um, and then he has this moment with the the guy you were talking about, Crockers. He's the cop, right? That's how the movie ends. Yeah. Where uh, he's ordering at the drive-thru. We learn that Fisher's the guy. It ends kind of on a cliffhanger, right? 
Yeah, you just learned that Horny's still alive and is the boyfriend whose name's Fisher, and he's going to kill the the cop Crocker. And just a very much like convolutes like what is Horny's murderous purpose? Like, like I, I would figure if you possess somebody, you'd go finish the job and kill that girl that you're trying to kill the whole movie. But yeah, you're right now that you mention it because that was his whole like driving thing was to kill Mackenzie and all the other friends of all her friends, pretty much, right? Yeah, that's what I thought it was. And so once he fails at this task for him to go after just a rando at the drive-thru. Yeah, for no reason. Unless now he's just attached to the drive-thru only. Which I feel like would get this fast food place shut down like pretty quickly. <clears throat> like there's been five murders here like in the last two weeks. Like, do should you we think, look into this? Do you think that the name of the movie is kind of random? Um, I, or does it fit? I think it fits because they gave him that like speaker box voice and like it kind of like ties him into a drive through in a way. But like other than that, there's not much drive through action. Hmm. One second, guys. Oh, yeah, I was talking about the fucking... <sighs> Wait, what were you just talking about? How do we lose it? You lost too? Yeah. Oh. Moving we were talking on. about drive-thrus. So we were talking about how the movie like really doesn't... Like, we have the first opening scene takes place in a drive-thru in the closing scene. But other than that, it's more of a fast... It's, I, I don't think it's really a fast food movie that much. It kind of is. It just has a lot of fast food scenes, but not a lot of happens in the drive-thru or the fast food restaurant. Well, there's like two scenes at the actual restaurant, right? A few more than that. And it's like a chain, so there's like multiple ones that you we were at throughout the whole movie. It's kind of... Well, because like how I'm looking it up, they had other names for the movies in other countries that they uh, released this in. Mm-hmm. And one, it was called Burger Kill in Canada and France. Fast Food Killer in Spain. That's a terrible name. Awful. Death Burger in Japan. Kind of like it. And then one <laughs> of them, they just called it Hella Burger. I feel like Death Burger or Burger Killer or Killer Burger or whatever that was. I think that fits better. Yeah. Because more of like a fast food killer than a drive through killer. Because the drive through really didn't happen that much. No, but I mean, I guess there are a couple scenes in a drive-thru, but that's a stretch. It's kind of a cool name, though. Yeah, it's unique. Very cool poster, by the way. Like, for, like, the, just the whole movie, like, just the aesthetic of the poster is awesome. I liked it. Where he has uh, his reflection on the cleaver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about before the uh, commercials for Hella Burger, dude. <laughs> and we kind of got away from that really quick. Yeah, we did. So they're these really, like, erotic, definitely cannot be an actual ad. It would never, I don't know. Because even, like, Hooters doesn't do what this movie does. No, this is just straight up. It's like. Softcore it's, porn, bro. It's porn. I wouldn't even say softcore. It's, it's very, like, I feel like <laughs> this is 
strange, but like one of the more like graphic things of like porn is like the idea of like the ejaculation. Yeah. And that is like what they, they are do just it. doing on the screen. Like they're putting girl like women in like bikinis. They're in the advertisement and they're, they're advertising like, wings, right? And they're trying to say it's ranch. Yeah, and there's like ranch just like squirting on them. Ranch is just squirting all over their chest and shit. <laughs> yeah. It was tight. <laughs> it was tight. Or how about the one, bro, where Horny's fucking Godzilla and uh, the Japanese are shooting him with fucking planes and stuff in the ocean? Yeah. And you just see the guy in the clown suit just doing those old school, like Godzilla, like flaily arms. Yeah. Shit. But some of the food, bro, look fire. Like double chili cheese. Like it's probably disgusting, but I'd fuck, I'd try it. I'm I'm not a chili on a burger guy. I'm not either, but like this movie made me consider it. Like a chili dog, yeah, hundred percent. Give me that all fucking day. But on a burger, dude, that's too much. Can't do it. It's messy as fuck. Messy. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've done a good job of surmising this movie so far. Uh, do you want to go ahead and go into ratings? To ratings, no one. A few things I wanted to point out that like just stuck with me from this movie for some reason was like so we talked about it kind of being like a we didn't look up the budget but like it's definitely a b movie and like instantaneously the first moment i realized that this was a b movie was in the first scene when they're throwing the party at the kid's house and the cops come Mm -hmm. and they literally just skip like to like the next scene because they didn't want to like buy a cop car <laughs> because they didn't want to like have like a cop raid. There's only like two other cops like in the movie. Like they had four cops total. So it wouldn't have really been a good raid of a party. And then mm-hmm. also just a very, very like easy, like plot hole thing at, at the beginning was we get the whole scene of the murder in the very opening scene. Yeah. And then we go back to those two girls who were still waiting in the car for their boyfriends to return. And they're just like asleep, like in some random parking lot. And they're like, where are the guys at? And they didn't have like any kind of like inkling to be like, okay, like our guy, our boyfriends went into this fast food restaurant with loaded guns, ready to shoot somebody and haven't come out for four hours. Like, yeah, what should we do? Speaking of the start of the movie, bro, I always have this like, (laughs) um, there's this hesitation to show people this movie because, like, I feel like that opening scene, you think, like, it's really a rough first, like, five minutes with those guys, bro. It's super, super, like, I guess this is in, like, 2007, so it's, like, around, like, the Malibu's Most Wanted time, you know? Yeah. So, like, the Wanksta, like, 50 Cent was, like, kind of popular around this point. So, yeah. like, the image of, like, a white guy trying to be, like... Not just, like, hood, but, like, hood in, like, a sweat, uh, what do they call them? Like, like the sweatsuits? Yeah, the tracksuits. And, like, the, like, you know, the velvet tracksuits and stuff like that. And that was, for some reason, like, a really big, like, thing in, like, the early 2000s that we just, like... Yeah, everybody wears, like, the uh, 3X tall tees, everything, everything super baggy. And, uh, you know, everybody tries to talk like, how would you describe how they try to speak? They try to speak in Ebonics, and I think they threw the, they threw in the, some N-words around with the soft, not the hard ER, but still, it was just not it. It was just mm. weird to watch. And also, like, 
it was weird to watch in that way, like in the way that it was just kind of weird for these guys just to be the first characters you meet. Yeah, that's why, like, that's what I was saying. Like, I feel, I was like, all right, I really hope whoever's watching this doesn't think, like, this is going to be the <laughs> entire movie. Because it just starts off with these two, like, wannabes kind of like, yo, what up, dog? Yo, can I get this, Holmes? What's up, bro? <laughs> like, just real over the top, you know, just white dudes just saying shit like that. So... That was just something, like, I always have, like, not a fear of, but I'm kind of like, ah, oh, man, I hope they don't think, like, this is going to be, like, that stupid. And then also in the first scene, like, literally, like, you meet, like, the characters. Like, you see the guy in front with the girl next to him in the passenger seat. And then in the back seat, you see a third guy, and you don't know that there's a fourth girl that comes up because she has just been giving him head the whole She's time. She's been slurping the dude up. You even hear, like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like literally it's like such like a loud like slurp when she like when she enters the scene you're just like what like the there's hell is no it? way you don't know what she was doing bro. it's kind of like when people like like i've been recommended black mirror a whole bunch of times and i haven't watched the second episode because the first episode of black mirror is the dude banging a pig and i was like okay like i'm sure it gets better but you can't just show me this first there's like uh <laughs> five seasons of black mirror right yeah uh I'd recommend the last two. If you watch the last two, you're almost obligated to watch the first three since it's anthology and none of them are connected anyways. Uh-huh. The last two, the production of the motherfuckers is on a whole another scale. It's got that bread at that point. Yeah, because those ones are all like hour long, like actual movie movies. Like, yeah, I recommend doing it that way. That's how I did it. I just jumped on late. I still haven't watched some of the first couple seasons, but... I mean, I feel like I'll eventually watch it, but you just can't give me a dude having sex with a pig episode one. Yeah, I think if I had to start around. out with that, that definitely weird me out too. <laughs> now, those are the two things I had to throw in. Another thing. So we lightly touched on the politics part. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the main character, Mackenzie, right? She takes uh-huh. a lot of, like, jabs at conservatives, but at this time, they were just Republican-Democrat thing, right? Yes. So, and like we were talking about earlier, we I can't tell if that was meant to be them making fun of it or if they're actually trying to like make a statement with shit which she would say. Like, for example, something about all old people that with money have to be Republicans. Mm-hmm. All young kids that are basically want to be hippies are Democrats. So this is kind of like I feel like a lot of things like when we analyze these movies like we try to make it make sense so we like kind of stretch it so this is me doing that right now just to preface that yeah I think in a way it could have been it could have been the directors saying like we're gonna make fun of this like angsty girls like view like simple kind of oversimplified view of politics that is just like her being like oh old people are Republicans and young people are Democrats. And, like, her just not really known, but also could have just been bad writing. Yeah, because, like you said, <laughs> they try to make the dialogue witty. Yeah. So, by that, like, standard, she's not, like, dumb on purpose. So, even though some of her political views seem pretty naive or generalized, right? Yeah. So, like I said, I don't know. We're reading too much <laughs> into it, but there's definitely a lot of, like, political jabs. Definitely reading too much into a movie where someone gets cut in half by a hatchet. Like, like a samurai by a guy in a clown suit. <laughs> I think that... What do you think about the weapon? The murder weapon? I think that some part about, like, the the coolness of, like, the old slasher, like, you know, the figures, like, 
the ones that are right above your head, like Jason, Freddy, and all those, is like, besides Freddy, all their weapons are very, very simple. Like the chainsaw, the machete, the machete, the, the butcher knife. knife. But this is like a kind of like a hybrid. Like it was like this is more complicated than like a Game of Thrones sword. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it's very, it's very much so like a heavy metal aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, like they just like he has like little flames on his clown suit and shit. He looks like a Mad Max character. His jumpsuit is leather. Leather doesn't got shoulder pads with spikes or something crazy. <laughs> yes. It's I I love the whole thing. Like I feel like it fits, but the butcher the the cleaver. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it never stood out, stood out to me. Like, it's over the top, and it fits, you know, his aesthetic, his design. So I always liked it. But I never gave too much thought to it. Like, I always thought that it was it was unnaturally big. But I guess it would have to be for what he uses it for. <laughs> for murder. <laughs> yeah. Like, that thing had no practical use besides what he was using it for. Mm-hmm. And also, could you tell that I, they say he's a seven foot guy in a clown suit? Did he look that big to you? No, he looked like a scrawny guy. But I mean, he did look tall. I guess kind of didn't look seven feet, bro. Seven feet, Shaquille O'Neal. That's fucking massive. Seven feet is ducking under doorways. He wasn't that big. Yeah, seven feet is like you're standing like up. You're looking at the guy's belly button. <laughs> yeah, they, they do say that really early in the movie. You're like seven foot. Like I don't know. I don't see it. But no. And uh, one of the last things I want to bring up, the intro to the movie. Okay. After the uh, the guys get killed at the uh, fast food spot, where the credits are rolling, uh, it's the chick playing the, the song, Poolside. Yeah. That went on a little too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you're going to fade in, like fade into the movie. Like don't just like show me a glimpse and pull out. Yeah, because it was like a three-minute song. Like We heard every minute of that song they're playing. Was it a bad song? Mm, okay. But did it take away from anything? No, but it did drag on a little bit, I feel. I feel like at some point I would have wanted more of like her artistry. Mm-hmm. Like, like I thought that her being like a musician was going to play a big role in the movie, and then it's never mentioned again. Well, like if she was going to have like the school dance where she has to perform or something coming up. Or anything, because otherwise like there's just no point to giving That's her a musical true. There number. was no fucking point to her being in a band. <laughs> Like, you can play guitar and sing, and there's nothing else. I got one more thing that I need to bring up. Go for it. So, during the movie, Horny is giving out clues of who he's gonna who he's going to kill to Mac. And, like, the first ones he writes on the Ouija board, um, the license plate number of the people that are going to get killed. The mm-hmm. second, he writes out on the, what are those things called? The Etch-A-Sketch? I love Bush. That. No, I'm, not, I'm talking about the one before that. The broken heart. The eight ball, it says a broken heart. Yes, eight ball, it says a broken heart. And then, So we get to the scene because obviously it's a teen movie. There has to be like a virginity loss scene. And so we get to this scene and they they are, they start to, you know, get it on. They start to have sex. And on the, the Etch-A-Sketch next to the bed, it reads out, I love Bush. And I thought it was, like, a sexual reference to, like, Mm -hmm. the girl. (laughs) And I was, like, and then, like, it showed that, like, it wasn't. It was somebody wearing an I Love Bush t-shirt, which, I don't know. It just shows where my head is, man. Like, I'm just, like, someone wrote I Love Bush on a thing. I was, like, oh, man. 
Yeah, because like you said, at the time, 2007, 2006, probably when they're filming this, President Bush is still the guy. Yeah, he's still in there. But yeah. I thought they were talking about Bush, Bush. Oh, the good kind of Bush. Downstairs Bush. The best Bush. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely all random in the foreshadowing. Another part, remember when the Ouija board is... Um, hands him the license plate like you said it spells mm-hmm. out the license plate she takes a pen she writes the license plate on her hand and the next morning that shit is still on there fresh as fuck like it doesn't look like a day after like x's on your hands like from like going. you know out. when it's kind of faded from anything no she wrote this shit in permanent marker she didn't shower didn't wash her hands didn't <laughs> sweat that shit looked fresh as fuck <laughs> And another thing about this, like, it's like all the only thing I notice, like, when I watch movies, is just like plot, weird plot things that happen. So after the, the cops come and raid the house or whatever, they still have like all their beer. They still have all their like weed. They like nothing was taken from them. They just told these kids to disperse. Apparently, and they're like, "You guys have all these drugs. It's fine." Yeah, uh, I would assume it was a noise complaint. You think? I would guess, right, as opposed to them breaking up the party. Because, like you said, if there was, like, actual drugs, alcohol, and shit, somebody would go to jail. Someone's go- Like, she got a citation, though, remember? She got, like, the, the party citation. Yeah. They showed it for a second. But most of the time, like, what really happens, once again, us reading too much into it, is uh, <laughs> the cops will come to the door. We can't come in, but, hey, somebody called about noise. You guys got to cut this shit. Yeah. And either you do what they say or you don't. And, yeah, it's kind of how that works, I think. For sure. Because cops can't just kick your fucking door open and go like, all right, bitches, like in old movies, everybody out, you know, start grabbing motherfuckers. I think if they see you like drinking as an underage kid, they can. Because this happened to a whole bunch of kids in my high school. They like, there was like a party and like 20 kids got MIPs. It would suck to get MIP as a kid, but. What the fuck is an MIP? A minor in possession of alcohol. I know. It's very like suburban white, like thing to get in trouble for. Just a little bit. (laughs) But no. So, okay. So, we're going back now mm-hmm. to the actual... Why am I losing the fucking word? Rating. Okay. One to six inches. Where are we at, man? I'm at a three again this week, dude. Like, it was entertaining, but it, it just lacked any... And I mean any depth at all. <laughs> yeah, you're not lying, bro. <laughs> but I had fun. I actually watched it, like, literally this morning. I woke up at, like, eight and just, like, turned it on and, like... It was a good way to start a weekend morning. Oh, yeah. So you watched it at 8 o'clock in the morning, bro? Yeah, it was nice. Man. I saw it yesterday, like, right before I went to work. Um, I go four. Just because, <laughs> just for me, the comedy hit. I like the uh, I like the villain, Horny the Clown. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like the, uh, the kills, the practical effects. There wasn't a lot of CG in this. Speaking of CG. Um... The scene, the the worst CG in this scene, in this movie, can you guess what I think it is? Is it the face melting off after the fryer? No, I like that. Is it him, like, jumping on, like, the walls in, like, fast motion? No, you, you're you missing this one. It's the fire scene at the end. Oh. Where she has the uh, kerosene in her mouth or some <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I forgot about that part. And, uh, yeah, so, like we said, we set it up. There's this, like, after-dinner scene where, like, all of their friends are around the table. Mackenzie's bound to a chair and shit. Mm-hmm. How the fuck does she get kerosene in her mouth? She, well, 
or lighter fluid. I don't know what it is. It's just her liquor. So we're su- assuming that just rum does this too. Or she's just drinking like uh out of a flask, right? Like one fifty one out of a flask because she's hard like that. Yeah. Just straight Patron. It, it, not even Patron lights on fire like that. It had to be like one fifty one like Bacardi. Like straight rubbing alcohol. Or like Everclear. Something. She's hard. And she like he has a match to set her ass on fire, right? Because he's doused <laughs> yeah. her in gasoline. He's just toying with her at this point. So he's holding a match in her face and she's got her cheeks kind of puffy, like if she's got something in her mouth, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, she just blows the fucking whatever she's got in her mouth into this flame. And it's this big cartoony. You can definitely tell they use some really bad effects program to put flyer in. Oh, really? I didn't notice that that much. You didn't pay attention? You didn't notice? I always notice it because even the fire has a sound. Like a crackling? No, like wind. (laughs) Okay. Like that. Uh-huh. Like, that's all I hear. And, like, whenever you hear shit like that, it takes me out of it. Just not it. It's not it. Okay. But, yeah, so the CG wasn't too bad in this movie, but those are just real. That's something real specific I didn't like. But the practical effects were cool. So, for me, I go four because I think I'm with you in terms of this isn't a great movie. I understand why some people wouldn't fuck with it. Uh, the corniness of the dialogue, the. The story, there's literally nothing deeper to look into in this motherfucker. Like, if I show this to somebody and they're like, this was trash. fucking terrible trash, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. It's not that good. But, like, I also liked it, so. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. So, I I just really like this. So, I go four. Okay. Uh, the only way I could go five was if I actually thought there was, like, some effort put into the story. <laughs> Any effort, dude, like... Any brainstorming. They didn't have, like, a team. There was just two dudes probably coked out of their minds just writing the movie. Allegedly. And then, like, they just perved out <laughs> filming the fucking trailers for Hella Burger. <laughs> I like the jingle, dog. The jingle had to go? Hella Burger is hella good. <laughs> hella Burger would be kind of a cool burger name. Bro, I love the franchise. Like, make it happen, people. Make it happen. With with Horny the Clown. All right, you got you to gotta definitely take away Horny the Clown. <laughs> name was horny <laughs> no nah, man but so that's hella burger um so we're gonna try something different i think this is kind of gonna work out a little better is um i want to do i haven't thought of what i would call this part yet after we do reviews we're just gonna kind of bs talk about random topics whatever we want pretty much mm-hmm. i've been playing around with names i want to call it this little segment at the end i don't know if i want to call it like end of the void or some shit just, you know, something down the rabbit hole, something Alice in Wonderlandy, maybe. Just going to a whole Neverland. That might be too, like, pedo-y and Michael Jackson to say something like that nowadays. Oh, definitely. What about, like, the taco bar? The taco bar? Yeah. Mm. Or we could, like, something salsa off? Salsa. We'll think of something. Yeah. But definitely it's got to be, like, taco or food related, I guess. Hmm. Extra sauce. It'll no. come. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Oh, we're the, since we're the dessert, we're the sopapillas. Sopapillas? Or arroz con leche, something like that. Hmm. We'll, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, man. But no. So, I guess to kick this off, uh, there's this, like, story that I just want to tell everybody that I read about, like, a couple weeks ago. Okay. It's fucking, because um, I like being on YouTube and just looking up, like, uh, 
unexplained events. Okay. Like, did you see on Netflix they had uh, this documentary that came out recently about that Hotel Cecil? Yes, I did see that. Do you know anything about that? I know the main story with the main girl that kind of made the hotel popular. Yeah, the Asian chick on the elevator. Yes, that one. Have you seen the video and stuff? I have. What do you think about that? Ooh, that's... That's fucking scary, dude. That's one of those where, like, it does more... That did, like, more fear to me than something, like, that is, like, a movie because it didn't make sense. Like, movies have plots. They have reasons for every action that happens. This video clip had no coherency or like reason to what she was doing and so that's why that freaked me out yeah bro it's like a real life creepypasta like in, like legit real because there's like a story that goes along with it and the story is equally as terrifying like paired up with the video right because the video by itself is unsettling but then you tack in like the actual story of what happened fucking next level so for people that don't know what we're talking about there's this video about a girl named Lisa Lamb. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix right now, the whole fucking... There's like five-hour sh- series on it. So if you wanted to find out about it, check that out. But uh, there's this video of her getting onto this elevator in this famous hotel that's famous for being haunted and having all types of messed up stuff happen there. And uh, in the video, she's like... Um, she's walk- She gets on the elevator and she like hides in a corner. Mm-hmm. And, like, the doors won't close, right? And um, then she's kind of, like, looking out back and forth. Look, like, if someone's chasing her, she keeps going back in the elevator and, like, hiding. And then at one point, she, like, walks out of the elevator. And she's doing this weird, like, fucking dance thing with her hands. And it just looks unnatural. Man, I haven't seen it in a while. You're bringing, you're bringing the goosebumps out. Yeah, but then, like I said, I watched this Netflix documentary. And they debunk a lot of the shit. Oh, really? Yeah. So it turns out that, like, when she gets on the elevator, one of the first things she does is she hits, like, a whole bunch of fucking buttons. Uh-huh. And somebody actually went to this hotel and took video of the actual um, the panel or whatever with all the buttons. Yeah. And one of the buttons she hits is a fucking button that says door hold. Oh, okay. So that's... That's why the elevator stays open for as long as it does. See, I, I never thought that it was... I, I didn't think it was like paranormal that the thing stayed open. I just thought her more her actions were what scared me. Yeah, and it turns out she was like meted the fuck up for like uh, bipolar disorder, but not just bipolar disorder. Apparently, she was taking like ten different types of medications for it and shit. Jeez. And while she went on this trip, she had stopped taking them. And she so was she just like a normal girl? Because isn't the Cecil Hotel like very like a sketchy place? It's uh, very not just haunted, just a sketchy. Yes, it's haunted and it's also located like on, I guess. And we're not from Cali, so we don't know. I don't know a lot about the area, but apparently Skid Row. I have heard of that area, but I've never. Apparently, it's like this section of Cali where like it's basically Hooverville. Okay. Like shanty towns, like a whole bunch of homeless people in tents, just like fucking. For miles. Yeah, that's the impression I got. It's like a very like rundown kind of blighted area where like, you know, just like it's just like one of those hotels where prostitutes hang out. Yeah. And also uh, people in tents just all around it. So, you know, a lot of like homeless people or just a lot of people down on their luck, bro. Dude, I don't know if I'd want to live in a shanty town, even if things got bad. 
No. I'd rather go to the wilderness. You'd be on the mountains? I don't know how much of a survivor I'd be, but, like, shanty towns, I'm not trying to get stabbed. I always thought it'd be cool if I came into a lot of money to, like, build a compound, like, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, like that, like, a hidden fortress in GTA 4 or 5? Never played GTA. Oh, really? I mean, I have, but, like, not enough to know anything. Okay. Well, there's just one. Like, There's, like, this, like, little, like, compound that's not on any of the maps, and you have to, like, kind of, like, take, like, obscure ways to get there and, like, helicopters. And, like, if you go there, like, people just, like, start gunning you down. It's crazy. It's fun. Yeah. Like, I feel like we can get away with saying that as, like, Mexican dudes, but if a white guy said that, they'd automatically think it was, like, his fucking white power bunker. The white power monk? Oh, yeah. We were like, <laughs> it's like, imagine a white dude talking about, I just want a compound. They're like, why do you want a compound? To keep out people that aren't white? What do you What do you need a compound for? For your followers? Right. But we, can, I can get away with saying that. Like, isn't that weird? Yeah, because like, we just bring family and grill out and shit. Yeah. But here's the thing. You have a compound <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. How the fuck do you get food? Am I, like, choppering in fucking stuff? Yeah, a lot of things, like, wouldn't be available. Like, I mean, I could set up, like, a water system or whatever out there. If I have the money to build a compound, I could figure out water. Yeah. And then you probably have, like, enough, like, livestock and stuff like that. But I'm thinking the things that you wouldn't aren't getting, you aren't getting no Valentina out there. <sighs> you aren't getting, like, practical things that are already made that you, like, love, you know? Listen, dude, I go down to wherever they're, like, making Valentina, right? And I just, like, kidnap a couple of the workers, like, Borat style. <laughs> just fucking sacks <laughs> over their heads, like, come here, Pepe. <laughs> throw the motherfucker in a van bro and i'm like uh tell me what you need i like pull up google translator on my phone and i'm like saying it doing a spanish translation tell me what you need to make valentina yeah valentina is life it is uh but yeah compounds but no so anyway so this chick right she does this shit on the elevator uh-huh and the rest of the story you know what happens to her correct yes she ends up missing for days and days mm-hmm so it's this big national story because she's a Korean from Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, what ends up happening is people start noticing that their water's coming out of funky color. It's yeah. tasting funny. Mm. smells funny. And what ends up being is that she's on the roof in a fucking water tower. That supplies the hotel with water. There's three giant fucking tanks on top of this building that supplies the hotel with its water. She got onto the roof, climbed into one of these fucking things, and she was just there and drowned. It's like in that, like accompanied with that video. So like the video itself isn't creepy, but hearing that and then seeing the video is like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I'm sure like maybe she's had a psychotic breakdown, but like still like that's insane how that happened. Mm-hmm. And, um... Fucking, I guess, like, the narrative initially, right, was that whenever she did it, this is where it got fucked up. A lot of people thought that when her body was discovered that the lid was closed to the top of the tank. Because apparently it's like a hatch. You gotta take it actually off, and then you jump in. Uh-huh. So the story that came out initially is that the hatch was closed. So people are like, oh, somebody put her up there. Uh-huh. But the actual guy that discovered her body is on this documentary... And uh, he's like, no, the hatch was open. I don't know how it got out there that it was closed, but it was open. <laughs> so she 100% got up there by herself and blah. But here's the weird part that not a lot of people know. There is this movie that came out prior to this. Because this happened in like 20, 
I couldn't tell you the year, but it wasn't that long ago, like no. five years ago or something. It was probably in the 2000s. 2013, 2015, somewhere around there. Earlier? It was in the aughts sometime. No, it wasn't that long ago. It was definitely like 2010s. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But the reason I bring that up is there was this movie that came out in like the late 2000s. So 2005 to 2010, I think. Maybe even earlier. Mm -hmm. A movie called Dark Water. Uh The exact same plot, sir. Maybe she's watching. Verbatim. It's a woman and her daughter at a hotel. They notice that the water's all fucked up. And their daughter's getting haunted by the spirit. It turns out the spirit that's haunting her is a little girl that fell into a water tank at the top of the hotel. Eerie. Eerie. (laughs) Bro, that's fucking like a crazy coincidence, right? Was that the one with like... No, never mind. I almost promise you haven't seen this movie. You sure? Dark Water. I thought it was like kind of more famous. It might have been, but I don't know. Maybe you have seen it. I think I have. I, I just don't remember. Yeah, it's not that important of a detail, but just that story specifically, bro, it just creeps me the fuck out. Like, I don't watch the video. Because like you, I watched it once or twice, and I was like, mm. Don't need to watch it again at all. Something about our hands. Just the way, like, people, like, like, like that aren't, like, all the way 100% there, just, like, convulse their bodies and stuff. Yeah. And just kind of make, like, it's just, it's just haunting to me. You know what that could be is uh, for us specifically, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're both Hispanic. We're Mexican men. Yeah. So, our ancestors are Native American, Aztec, whatever the fuck, right? We're indigenous, yes. So, being that where we're from in uh, this climate, right? Mm -hmm. So, our people would have ate a lot of questionable food. Definitely. That's why we develop spices for our shit so that the food kills a lot of the parasites and stuff. That's why it's so hot. Is it? Yes. Oh, nice. And being from a warmer tropical climate, so people were more susceptible to diseases and stuff. Like, there's a specific disease that would make people, like, have these weird fucking body tics. And that's how, like, we would know that they're ill. So, genetically, we're programmed to be kind of more, like, wary of people who have, like, weird body twitch movements. We have a muscle fear. Yeah. So, that's kind of where that comes from. I I didn't know that. That's crazy. I made all that up. I don't know if it's 100%. It sounds right. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Maybe. It could have been bullshit, but I ever heard something similar, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> this, you know, I'm just kind of piecing together my own thing. All these different info. <laughs> I might have heard that verbatim, or I might have made up half of that. Who knows? No one will ever know. No one's going to look it up. No. But anyway, so I got there. The reason we even got there to start with is I'd read this story, because I'm on YouTube because of that looking up, like, unexplained supernatural crimes or mysteries, right? Uh-huh. And there was this one. I actually want to look it up first. But while I'm looking it up, do you have anything, like, similar to that? To, like, being scared of body ticks? Or just, like, any weird, like, stories or something. In general, just, like, weird mysteries or something you like to talk about. No, one thing that they kind of, like, remind me of when you're talking about, like, the way people's body moves is, like, there's this, like, really, like, it's, a, like, a creepypasta, I think, from Reddit. Like, is one of those that talks about, like, some guy, like following these two people late at night and he's doing like this weird like dance movement oh are you talking about the the dancing man youtube video yeah oh it wasn't a youtube video i think it was just like a creep pasta then they made a like a oh, okay okay so you heard the creep that's what that's from or it was it was a no sleep reddit or something like that like it was one of those stories mm-hmm. and that's where that came from and then like 
like I didn't think it was that creepy. And then I saw like the YouTube video in the way that the dude moves just freaks me the fuck out. Like I just don't like it. Uh, I know what you're talking about. He looks like uh, the lead singer from Panic at the Disco. It just, <laughs> yeah. It just took me out of it completely. <laughs> and he, like, just smiles the whole time. It's called The Smiling Man. Right? Yeah, The Smiling Man. That's yeah, what it's yeah. Um, Fucking, that kind of stuff. I went through this, like, moment a couple years ago where I was, uh, there's this Spotify channel called Creepy. And all it is is just, like, creepy pastas. Like, some guy narrating them. And, uh, there's like, there's a fuck ton of episodes, but there, I went through the span for two months where I had my earbud in while I worked mm -hmm. and I would for, you know, eight to 12 hours a day, just <laughs> going through them, bro. So I listened to hundreds over 300 easily just, you know, in that month or two span. So I've heard most of the creepy pastas, <laughs> bro. There's some fucked up shit out there. Some of them are so like not even like just scary in like a in like a mm -hmm. traditional sense, but you're just like, like how the fuck did you think of this? Like, there's this one where this guy like creates this like computer program. Have you seen or heard that one? Keep going. He like creates a computer program, and then like the program like has like a community inside of it of like of like they're like kind of like their own like sentient beings so they kind of have like ai mm -hmm. but he's like their god because he created the program and they like eventually like have like they're like they're trying to find purpose in their life and they like ask him to kill ask him to like delete them and like kill them so like because they don't want like their life to be beholden to like just a computer and they'd rather know they're gonna die right it's just like a, it's like really like strange but it's also like creative i guess i don't know it was a weird one but that's that was like a, one that just stuck out to me because like that's not like traditionally scary but it's also just like disturbing that's a fucking uh black mirror episode also sir oh really yeah i feel like black mirror stole a lot of these just straight off reddit too more than likely <laughs> Nah, but anyways, I can't find that fucking story. But so what we're going to go ahead and go with... Oh, wait, this might be it, actually. Do-do. So anyways, fuck it. So back... I'm going to fudge up the fucking timeline. This could have been 150 years ago or it could have been 50 years ago. I don't fucking know. Okay. So I was reading this story, or I watched a video on it. There was this little girl, right? She went missing. She lived with this, like, family like this old farming family in the Midwest or fucking could have been anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, 19, I want to say like 1930s or fifties. So, you okay. know, there's still like separation for the farm communities in like the city. Right. Yeah. So this family had like five kids, possibly 10, fuck ton of kids. The, they would let the kids go outside and play while they're getting, while they're working, mom's cleaning and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, the parents call their kids in, like, all right, come in, it's time, you know, it's getting dark or whatever. All their kids come in, but the youngest one. Okay. Youngest one's missing. So immediately they do, like, a search party. They, uh, they had the whole town, they're all doing, like, you know, one of those chain links, just walking across the whole, like, town. Uh -huh. No stone was left unturned. Don't find anything. Nothing's ever turns up. One year later, 300 miles away. Completely different place. There's a little girl wandering in an alleyway. And uh, somehow it's connected that this is, you know, this farming couple's kid. Oh, really? Like, How the fuck did this happen? Whatever. They return the daughter. It's a daughter, I think. <clears throat> 
And uh, so they bring her back. And the family notices immediately. They're like, this girl's, it looks just like our daughter, but, it's, you know, she doesn't have the same mannerism. She doesn't speak. She doesn't even talk. She just, she's different. Uh-huh. Different personality, different tastes in food and stuff, right? And, uh, but they're like, you know what, whatever. It happened. So I think, like, another year goes by or some shit or a couple months or something. And um, they get a knock on the door. And one of their neighbors, a neighbor farmer from, you know, down the road or whatever, he's uh-huh. like, hey, you got to come with me right now to the parents. So they both come. And uh, somewhere near his property, he found um, it looks like a child's body. Uh-huh. That's like decayed and turned into like a skeleton. Oh, shit. Okay. And, but the head is missing. But on the, where the head is supposed to be is an adult male skull. Oh. It's like a grown man's head on this decayed, like, child's body. Okay. And the outfit, the clothes that the little girl that went missing was wearing is right in the vicinity. So they know that it's this kid. Uh-huh. So they connect those dots and they're like, oh, shit, this is our daughter's dead body. And uh, they know also that this has been placed here recently because when they did their, like, chain link fucking walk, they would have saw this. Uh-huh. So somebody's like recently brought this fucking back. And so what they ended up doing is they were like, okay, well then who the fuck's living with us? So they go back and they just give the little girl up for adoption. They're like, we don't know who the fuck you are, but we've been letting you live with us. And the little girl ended up dying like a year later from leukemia or some shit in an orphanage. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But that's just like the whole story. That's bizarre. Exactly. Like, how does that happen? That's one of, like, my favorite new, like, stories I've heard because it's just so weird. Like, how'd they bring that girl back to? How do they connect the dots, bro, at that time? Because communication between law enforcement is really shitty, right? And if the girl can't talk. Unless they just had pictures of her everywhere. There wouldn't have been a database. I feel like back then the little girl was just getting taken left and right, sadly. People in general. (laughs) <laughs> if you had an issue with somebody, you could just kill them back then and get away with it. Yeah. That's terrifying to think about, bro. It's like, <laughs> even today, like, all the people that go missing. Mm-hmm. Like, have you heard about the uh, national parks? What about them? Bro, in national parks, it's like an unknown, like, a real thing, bro, that, like, people go missing there at, like, a fucking terrifying rate. That's terrible. I feel like a lot of people go, like, to those places just to to end it, too. Yeah. Well, and, like, the conspiracy theory that I've heard that I like is that supposedly, right, so think of, like, the world as a computer. Uh Uh-huh. And a national park is, like, your recycle bin because there's nothing out there technically. It's just literally this giant empty space that nobody's using and things kind of are just constantly resetting there. Yeah. So imagine you just walk into a national park. And some people just straight up happen to be there while the fucking thing is getting reset and you just... Oh, so it's just like a glitch in the Matrix kind of? Yeah. You just go there while everything's fucking getting reset. It's a good theory. It's a cool theory. I like it. I think they bring that up in that movie, um... Is it Us? Have you seen that? Yeah. That, like, a lot of people go missing and there's all types of, like, underground fucking civilizations and shit the underground like tunnels thing is creepy like a creepy idea like it's like super i believe that 
Do you think like just like something that connects everything? That's like a really creepy idea. A lot of that I know like we're not doing that thing, but like the idea of, like I like saw an interview with Jordan Peele. He's talking about like what why like what kind of inspired the movie, and he's like the scariest thing to me is if I was like maybe like sitting in the subway or something and like getting about to get on a train. And I looked across the subway and like across the tracks and just saw like me, like another version of me. But like it was definitely me. And they just like looked at me like that's like when I heard that, I was like, that is fucking terrifying. Like, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, that's uh, doppelgangers, man. Like not just some dude that looks like you, just some dude that's you. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, shit. Shit, bro. Have I ever told you my doppelganger story? You have a doppelganger? Yeah. Where at? Well, I don't know if it's a doppelganger. That's the thing. <laughs> Because, like, I had this job, right, where I was at in grocery stores when I was a vendor. Uh-huh. And um, I remember one time, this really weird thing happened while I was putting shit on the shelves, you know, in this grocery store. And uh, fucking, I just remember out of nowhere, like, I heard this ringing in my fucking ears, right? Uh-huh. And uh, I got high blood pressure, so this happens every now and then. But um, then all of a sudden, my head started to hurt. And, like, my vision got kind of blurry, so I had to kind of take some steps back from the shelf I was at. And I remember I just kind of, like, started walking towards like the end of an aisle kind of towards the front of the store and uh, i'm just kind of standing there just kind of holding my head and i look up and i see this guy completely on the opposite end of the store and i just see him from a distance right he looks blurry as fuck Uh but from looking at the guy like i'm looking at him kind of like all right i don't know why in my head automatically i was like oh this guy might be my doppelganger because he's got a similar build similar height similar outfit i would wear i think he had glasses on uh-huh. but he's walking and talking with somebody else but i remember that like he was kind of like not close but you know close enough to where i can make out the silhouette of this dude and the further away he walks the uh more my headache goes away clearer that fucking my vision gets damn so like it was like i said i was telling the dude at the time i was canning the story to like oh it's probably because i watched too many movies but you know that whole thing, like, when you put magnets close together or something, or you put a phone too close to a magnet, it starts to, like, it can fuck up stuff. Uh-huh. So the more you separate them, the less chaotic the connection gets or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, what I thought of that moment. There's no reason why it would be a doppelganger, but that's just, <laughs> like, what I thought, you know? I mean, that's a cool theory. Like, you can't, like, get close to, like, your opposites or otherwise, like, or maybe they're, like, the negative energy of you in a way. So, like, you're, like, the positive energy, and, like, for some reason, like, coming together doesn't work. Who knows? But, yeah, like you said, that's, I don't know, that's never been a fear of mine. To, like, run into a clone. I I feel like if you did, like, see your clone, like, it'd be like, okay, like, there could probably, you're probably here because there could only be one of us. Holy fuck. (laughs) So you'd instantly turn into the Highlander? I feel like you'd have to, like, be on guard with this dude, at least. Could hang out. He's gonna try to like take my life, like or just like steal your life and just like become you. Kind of like I was about to say a corny joke, but I held it in because it was really corny. (laughs) It was about to be a social security joke. (laughs) It was about to be like a. It was gonna just straight be something just awful. Like it wasn't a good one. That's why there there was that pause because in my head I was even like, this just sounds stupid. But no. Yeah, sometimes you gotta catch yourself when you say dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta just say it out loud and repeat it and let everybody know. I know this was gonna be dumb. 
can't even say it how dumb it's gonna be. Yeah. But uh so current events, right? Yes. Stimulus checks. They're coming. They're coming to save us. They're on the way. Also, very important to me, the first 10,000 of your unemployment checks from last year not being taxed. So I was unemployed last year for a significant amount of time. So I'm, I'm happy about this. this. Is This is savings. Yeah. Uh, My girl was on unemployment for a minute, too. Not that long, but so that does come in handy. It does. That's like a... Ten thousand—that's like at least a thousand dollars. Staying in the old pocket. That's right, keeping the wallet fat. <laughs> so, what are you gonna do with your stimulus when you get it, man? Bro, I'm definitely gonna be ghetto for a little bit and just buy a pair of shoes first. <laughs> because, like, I just like have been wanting a new pair of shoes lately. Just kind of feel like it. And also, I'm already at, like. I've been spending way too much money lately, TMI, but I am. I am. I'm just doing a lot of spending. Like, tomorrow, like, me and my girl are going to this hotel called The Elms, which is also kind of relevant because the Elms, have you even heard of The Elms? No. Is it The Haunted one? Yeah, it's The Haunted Hotel in Excelsior Springs. Whoa. He I went there. He was telling me about it. Did he say there's, like, hauntings? He says there's a haunted tour. There is a haunted tour. My friends who we're going with, actually, they're another couple, they... The girl, the wife claims that she, it, like, it's like a very like iffy, like, you know, when people tell you like, like paranormal stuff that happened to them. And sometimes you're just like, damn, like that's unexplainable. And other yeah. times you're just like, it's pretty explainable. Uh-huh. But she like, like, I think like she had like something in the trash can and it fell over in the trash can. So like, you know, I think she was just on guard a little bit too much, but I'm I'm going to be definitely feeling a little weird there. I'm definitely someone who's like kind of. Not super scared of like a haunted situation, but you know, I'm not. I'm aware of it. What's like the bare minimum experience you could have that you couldn't explain? It has to be like like a creak doesn't do. It has to be pounding on like noise wise. It had to be pounding, and then like vision wise, it had to be seeing like an actual person, not like a shadow, not like a feeling. All right. What about I'm gonna like plant all these images in your head, bro. And just fuck with you whole, horribly. Right, what go. about you're asleep, right? Okay. You're like barely. You're kind of half awake, half asleep, and you feel just like a squeeze on your leg or something. Nah, this you, you'd be able to explain that, or you'd kind of be like, I was half awake, half asleep, or like I had like a cramp in my leg. Something happened. <laughs> you know, like you know when you get like the the weird like muscle spasms in your legs, and you just like have to stand up. Mm-hmm. It could have been that. Yeah. Bro, I recently had <laughs> this is off subject. Uh, I had uh, sleep paralysis. For real? I, I've always had sleep paralysis on off and on. Uh huh. I guess it's kind of a tangent. So I was just talking about you sleeping, but um, I had one recently, dude. That was some next level. Cause I've always had it to where like I gotta feel. Cause you know, have you ever had it? Never. I never ever. It's like you're trying to make yourself get up. Every muscle in your body is like trying as hard as it can to move, but you can't. And visions just blurry as shit, and you just can't see straight. But you like you're cognizant that like you feel your brain instantly tricks you into thinking like there's somebody in the room, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get up to like see. No, uh, but anyway, so I had this one recently, dude. That was like a mixture of a dream with sleep paralysis. That was fucked. I couldn't do that shit, bro. Dude. I'm telling you, like imagine you're having sleep paralysis, right? Uh huh. And but you're dreaming that someone's broken into your house and they're yelling at you to get up. And then you can't. I had a dream that I was in my bed trying to like kind of wake up, 
And I'm just hearing, get the fuck up. Get the fuck out of bed. What's wrong with you? Like two dudes in my house, probably with guns. It's awful. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, like I said, I have all the symptoms of sleep paralysis kind of like on my stomach. Like, Is sleep paralysis the one, like I've heard of people saying that they have like this thing where they like, where like it sounds similar where they like wake up and they can't really move, but they're still in dream state. So they feel like they see like someone standing over the bed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that like the same thing? Yeah. Oh man, fuck that. Because it's that your body's woken up. But no, no, your body's still asleep, but you're conscious and your eyes are open. Oh, no, nah, dude, I wouldn't. I would never go to sleep. Yeah, it's terrifying, dude. I become like just an Adderall junkie and just be up all day. It'd be, be terrifying. All right, now back to this uh, fucking hotel you're going to, though. Uh-huh. So, like, is your girl superstitious? No, she's not. She's not like a ghost person. Like, she like we've gone to hotels where they had like haunted tours and we've like wanted to go and we've gone and done like all the research and like she wants to like take pictures and try to see orbs, but like she does, she has no fear of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like she that's has, awesome. she's I'm laughing, very, but I think that's tight. She's very fearless about it, which I don't like. Cause I'm not gonna, I don't want to provoke them. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe in the spirits, but I don't want to provoke them if they're real, you know? So she's just going to bust out like a Ouija board out of you out of nowhere. If she did that, I, I'm going to go get another room. <laughs> like I'm serious. I'm not Ouija board in this hotel. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. Like, you don't believe in it, but at the same time, you don't want to provoke anything. Yeah, there's no reason to. <laughs> you got to keep, you got to be like, keep it 100 with the spirit. It's just like, nah. You got to keep your options open, man. <laughs> like, if they were real, I don't want to do something that would have offended the spirits. I can't remember if we've ever talked about this, dude. Have you ever had any, like, paranormal experiences? None. Like, nothing at all that I. Nothing I've, that's like, concrete, right? Nothing at all. Like, I've had, like, experience. I've heard, like, creaks and maybe, like, seeing, like, a shadow out of the corner of my eye that I, like, kind of thought was weird, but I never thought twice about it. You got any good, like, secondhand stories? Uh, so, yeah. I mean, kind of. I don't know if your mom was even born at this time, but my dad tells a really scary one that, like, he, like, I can, like, it's one of those where, like, sometimes when people tell, like, scary stories, like, they're just, like, telling them. And sometimes when people tell them, they're just, like, upset. Yeah. You know? And he was, like, so I guess when they were all little, they all lived in, I don't know if you went to that house that was on, uh, I think it was on 10th Street. Yeah, I thought. So that house was, like, super, you know, old, kind of, like, a, maybe, like, a century-old house, a 1900, like, 1907-built and they all moved there. There's a whole bunch of them, you know, like our our parents or your mom and my dad are both one of 13 kids that are in the family. So mm-hmm. a lot of people around. So at one point, the they all start hearing like, like noises like upstairs. Like there's like something going on. And like, I think at one point, I forget, so one of the uncles and like our grandma like were in a room and there was maybe two of the uncles and they all like started hearing like, just like a very, like, like they heard like noises and stuff come from in the room that clearly weren't there. And they like literally like in the middle of the night were huddled together, like in left the room because of how bad it was. But apparently for a couple weeks after that, the whole family slept downstairs and they just heard like banging and like, noises just upstairs the whole time like until they got a priest to come bless the house then it stopped 
Man. What do you think that shit is, bro? I mean, to the point where, like, you have to bring your whole family to sleep in the living room, like... There's got to be something, right? And then, like, my dad can just, like, remember hearing stuff like that when there's clearly no one else in the house. And, I, I mean, I bet, like, a lot of the theas and theals, like, remember that because, like, that's, like... It had to be traumatic, you know? You had to sleep in the living room for two weeks. Yeah. How much of that do you think is, like... Because older generations, right, they're definitely more religious, correct? Yeah. Do you think if you take away religion, that kind of stuff still freaks you out as bad? Or do you think because of religion, they're like, oh, this is obviously Satan? I don't know. I'm kind of in between. I am... Like, I feel like if there is, like, you know, if, like, the Catholic church or like christianity is like the actual like religion that's like true then like you would think that you they'd have some that the divineness would have some power against the evil spirits right yeah like you would think that that just like narratively makes sense that the that the church would have some kind of power over the demons mm -hmm. and if they don't have that power and demons exist then that's scarier well, I mean, if you watched, you know, fucking popular culture in the last, like, 30 years, I think the demons always win. Always? Always. Like, movie-wise or yes, just always? Yes, even movie-wise. <laughs> Can you think of any, like, because demon movies have been a big thing for, like, the last 20 years. And I believe in every single one of them, bro. It's an unhappy ending. What about, like, The Conjuring? They got best cheap out of there. The real story is the house was still haunted. Oh, for real? Yeah. Damn it. And the the demonologists are all bullshit. They're all bullshit. They're they uh they're hucksters. But they don't have they can't control them. No. Okay, that's kind of freaky. But yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, but so like when I hear stories like that, I'm always wondering like because even for me, like we're definitely ingrained in Catholicism. We both went to Catholic school, yeah. right? And I talked to this with uh, Esai and them at one point. Um, we're definitely, it's ingrained. Like, I've heard this dude tell a story one time, right? Where he was like, he grew up Catholic, but as an adult, he was like, I think he, as a joke, he got into Satanism. Uh -huh. So now he's like a big Satanist, but not like in like the bad as much as you can say, not in the bad kind, not sacrificing people or anything, right? Motherfuckers yeah. just all like Team Lucifer. And uh, this dude, he was like, I walked into a hotel. You know how hotels have like Bibles? And he's like, so I walked up to it and he's like, I threw it in the garbage can. And he was like, the second I heard the thud of it hit the can, he said like every single hair on my body stood up and I had to pull the Bible out of the garbage can. Jesus. Like... Well, no, because that's like something we would experience. You know what I'm saying? Like... Mm -hmm we're ingrained to like have this fear of desecrating holy things and shit. Yeah. So one thing I think about, so I'm like borderline on if I believe in like spirits and demons and ghosts, but like, I'm definitely like in the middle somewhere. I'm not like certain on either side, but I think if it is a real thing that first there's like predisposition to it. So some people have like more of a spiritual connection than other people. More of a susceptibility. And another thing of it is your belief or your 
whatever like your religious upbringing has like you if you believe in it in kind of you can will it to attach itself to you mm-hmm. and you can will like the spirits to be in your life in like a subconscious way whereas someone like me who's like very like nah like anything like maybe like spirits are trying to talk to me when like they like when i hear those weird noises or see something at the corner of my eyes like a shadow mm-hmm. but i'm just like nah dude that's the wind keep it moving all right so check out this theory then so okay. like uh, have you seen the movie looper i have not you have to see fucking looper <laughs> but anyway so in that movie right we find out in this future setting that like I don't know, some percentage of the world, 1%, 5%, I can't remember. It turns out we they uh, they, they develop psychic abilities, but they're very mod- modest, like, psychic abilities. Uh-huh. Like, dudes can, like, levitate a coin in their hand and shit. Like, it never gets beyond that. So what if it turns out that, like how you said, some people are more susceptible to these, like, um, spirits, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But what if it turns out that a certain portion of us are, like, have this, like, innate psychic ability that we don't know about and you can manifest things that you know other people won't see but you will depending on your upbringing and also maybe your mental state Mm -hmm. so you know attach that to like some type of not to say everybody who sees something there's something wrong with you but it just means you know for whatever reason this is what you're thinking too hard about or some shit i believe that i believe that because i think like it's like more of like like i think that we are more interconnected to the world than we currently live as a society. And, like, we don't... Like, we're more connected, to, like, spiritually to the earth and to, like, nature than we understand. Definitely, bro. And so, like, if we, like, got a bigger sense of it and maybe, like, had someone, like, hone in, like, how to, like... Like, I don't... I'm not saying we can, like, levitate stuff, but I think there's, like, more of, like, a... Uh, evolvement that hasn't happened yet or awakening of ourselves that we haven't like learned yet of our connection with yeah do you and think, that's all possible do you think that statement's true that we like only use like five percent of our brains or some shit <laughs> see like, I, i've heard that's bullshit is that <laughs> it it is bullshit it, but it's not like so the part of my brain i'm using right now is i'm speaking so like if i'm using 100 percent of my brain i'd be seizing like convulsing. So like you only use like the parts of your brain that you need at the moment. And if your whole brain is on if you turn it on on all at once, it'd probably explode. Yes. It's short circuit. Yeah, it's like so people who've done like acid and mushrooms have said that like you like kind of see more, like you'll like just kind of notice more so like your brain's more like turned on to like see every like little detail in something and in our brains are like we work more efficiently when we don't use 100 percent of our brains because it's just like it's too much yeah so like i think that it's, it's not like true hmm. i don't know i feel like it's something we got to look more into <laughs> we got to get in an expert for that one <laughs> to watch lucy right but something i want to end on right is uh you ever go on reddit yeah i'm on this uh i was on this subreddit that was like it's called like shower thoughts or something uh-huh. it's kind of like that meme thing like where you say something that's very common knowledge but when you really think about it it's way like more mind-blowing or deeper uh-huh. and i had this one right okay i didn't post it or anything but i thought about it and this thing that kind of trips me out that i thought way too hard about and my girl's probably gonna roll her eyes in the room behind me because i told her this <laughs> if you really think about what me and you are right uh-huh 
we're just skeletons with fucking like we're skeletons that decided to move. Yeah. We're nothing deeper than that. Like skeletons you walk by in a science class or a museum, this is a fucking skeleton's hand covered in meat. And for reasons that we can't explain, it fucking moves. It walks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that just trips me out. Yeah, I mean it. It is super weird to like just think of yourself as like in like your bones and flesh, but even like in a way that's not like you. Like what you are is a consciousness. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like it's even like smaller than just like like our bones are attached to like our consciousness, but like they're attached to the brain. That's it. That we're just like an idea. Like in we're not. In oh, a way, dude, you just double down on it, bro. I'm, Isn't it? Yeah, my world crazy. is collapsing <laughs> all around me. Like we're like without like consciousness. Like what are we? Which is kind of weird. Let's end on the fun note though, and do the thing we were talking about earlier. Which thing? So, Warner Brothers dropping a whole slate of movies on. Uh, HBO. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, the movie's coming out on HBO Max. So we're, we're excited about the. We're excited about some Justice League fellows. Snyder Cut. I gotta figure out when that's coming out because that's gotta be soon. And also, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording earlier, and it we, was uh, who would win, right? Yeah, who's gonna win? Like, obviously, they're gonna get together and team up at some point in this movie and beat up other monsters. But clearly, but you want to present your argument that King Kong would win. I, I would love to. Go for it, man. So, it's it's just an like. So the first thing, like King Kong, you know, he has that Godzilla doesn't. He has arms and hands. Godzilla's arms and hands are limited. They're they're small. They're like here, you know, like mm-hmm. they're they're not like the full like, like King Kong. Like he he can throw that jab, keep a distance. He's more agile. He's quicker, and you know what that man can do? He's not a man. He's a monkey, but. He can use tools. You see that trailer when he's like literally like deflecting the fire back at him. Mm-hmm. It's it's over. It's it's it. All right, are you ready just for this argument to be ended in like one paragraph? Okay, let's do it. So at the end of Godzilla, King of All Monsters, uh-huh. right? Godzilla gets fucking powered up, and he literally melts New York City just by walking through it. <laughs> but that he was with the disintegrates fucking New York, bro. That was with nuclear help. I'm talking about he's just going to take a pure, like, old-fashioned, like, window and boxing matches used to be. He's going to take, like, a 15-round beating. Okay, but just... Just in the cut. Even if you take out the help part. In, in, if in that scene, does King Kong survive? I think he's, like, Bro. made out of the same, like, old energy as Godzilla. I think Ghidorah is older than both of them, though. And Ghidorah melted. But he's not going to be supercharged. It's true. He probably won't be supercharged. And if you give, it looks like King Kong had like a staff that could like deflect the the thunderbolt, like lightning coming out of his mm-hmm. out of his mouth. I think I think it's an easy win. Look, okay. So I just googled up which one of them has the bigger dick. <laughs> Did you? And I just looked up lizard penis size. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you know what? The only answer I got was lizards have two dicks. What? Yes. Twice? Two penises called hemipenes. <laughs> it's a hemipene, okay? It's a hemipene. They got two. <laughs> it's a hemipene. So listen, so what I'm banking my like research on, right? Godzilla's got two dicks, man. He can't be beat. Or he got two sets of balls to be kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. It's hilarious. 
But no, um, I don't know. I just think that, like you said, maybe if King Kong has his staff and he can deflect Godzilla's like energy blows and shit, mm-hmm. maybe. The one thing I'd give Kong more so than his hands, right, is the brain. Because at the end of the day, a lizard's brain is supposedly really small, right? Yeah, like like King Kong's willing tools. Like King Kong, you know, apes, aren't they like some of the smartest fucking creatures on the planet behind like dolphins and shit? It's true. They're like us. They basically have like a two-year-old's brain, I think, or something, right? Or is that too much credit? Probably a little older. Just can't talk. Yeah. Uh... So, it's like yeah, a dog so has a two-year-old's brain, but just can't talk. You said a dog has a two-year-old's brain? Yeah. That's a stretch. I mean, a dog I can leave at home, and he's just going to be fine. You're Chill. disrespecting the two-year-olds of America right now. I don't think I am. Bro, I've seen a two-year-old fucking turn on like an iPad and shit. I don't think a dog... <laughs> a gorilla could probably do it. A gorilla could definitely do it. Dog just going to like <laughs> shit on it. That's funny. What about, uh, well, yeah, but like you were saying, we think they're going to team up. In the trailers, they've shown fucking Mecha Godzilla, right? Yeah, they showed the Mecha Godzilla? You haven't seen that trailer? There's another trailer that came out that features Mecha Godzilla. What? It's like an opposite Godzilla, like a dark energy Godzilla? You've not, you don't know what Mecha Godzilla is? No. It's Robot Godzilla. Oh, for real? And it looks, in the old movies, it looks dumb as shit, but in this, bro, it looks fucking fire i have not seen that yet i have to go check that out now so my theory is because they show godzilla in the trailers and they're talking aren't they talking about like godzilla has gone crazy and he's doing all this wily shit and we don't know why Uh so they've put it in the trailer so this isn't like a spoiler another trailer that came out i'm assuming it's going to end up being that it's actually mecha godzilla was doing all the bad stuff and that's yeah oh i wonder who made mecha godzilla probably us because you know people it was definitely people but not like it's probably gonna be like a uh, like country they just blame it on some black ops country yeah it's always it's just like some like like how would saudi arabia do this like i don't know no it's definitely gonna end up being a private entity because you know <laughs> big business hates like private companies true it's gonna be like uh some guy named uh what's the dude's name who made tesla elon musk right oh man that dude's evil what's a good like parody name of him felon tusk felon tusk <laughs> i don't know <laughs> There's gonna be some shit like that. It's ridiculous. Why do you think that guy's evil? You just get that vibe, kind of like the Facebook guy. It's get like the vibes, like from all these. Like I feel like they seem so disconnected. Not to be like hyper political, but like everybody, like I feel like so many people are, like putting like the evil face of like our generation as like Trump. And I honestly think that like maybe he's just like like a a product, not necessarily like. I think the evilness, we're going to look back in 30 years and be like, oh, like Zuckerberg, the the Amazon guy, Bezos. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much Musk, but pretty similar. You mean like with the, he's doing the Tesla and the self-driving cars and shit, right? Yeah, he does that, stock manipulations, and just like everything else with like Google and Facebook. That Like the tech giants are going to be the evil ones when we look back in 20 years. Oh, uh, yeah, bro. They definitely... Facebook in particular, how what that all started, that Pandora's box, man. There's no closing that. There isn't. It's except for we have to break up these companies and just like not let them take over. Whoever made TikTok, all that shit. That's a whole different. That's a whole new podcast if you want to do that. Yeah, true. Because I was about to open up a whole other can of worms. But so, uh, Justice League. You said you don't have high expectations. No, I don't. I mean, honestly, like 
300. So Zack Snyder's like 300, like super, super cool story and premise, but very fucking simple. You know, it's just like 300 it's, guys have to fight a million people. Bro, it's uh, slow-mo fights with the uh, guys in wrestling outfits. Badass, but like now you're asking this man to put together the Justice League? Yeah, like his movies were never... He made uh, Watchmen, right? Yeah, which I didn't necessarily love. Like I read the comics, so I really liked it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I, I heard that people who read who read the graphic novels didn't like the adaptation that he had. A lot it's, of people didn't. I don't see why. It's the exact same fucking movie. The only difference is the end. No, really? Yeah, because in the... Uh, you know how at the end of Watchmen, uh, Dr. Manhattan... Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan, like, blows up New York or some shit. Or they make it look like it by using his energy. Mm-hmm. In the graphic novel, they drop a giant fucking alien squid. And mm-hmm. it blows up New York City. Yeah, that's what happens in the TV show as well. Have you seen the TV show? Yeah. Fire. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so Zack Snyder, he makes pretty things, but there's not a lot of depth to them. Which is why it's going to suck. And it's not going to be like Marvel, where they're like, okay, we get it. It's not that serious. Let's joke around. Let's have some fun with it. I don't think he's capable of that. There's another discussion. I want to talk about the fucking dumpster fire that was Wonder Woman 2. Have you seen that? I haven't even seen that yet. Watch that. I heard it was awful. Watch that and report, man. It's fucking awful. Will do. But no. So last thing. What movie are we doing next? Good question. Do you know what I want to do? This is like very like low tier horror movie. But we saw this in the theater together. Together? Yeah. What was it? Disturbia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fun That's stuff awesome, to do. Bro. With it, I haven't yeah. I've been thinking about that for a while. I don't yeah. know why. Like it registers something about that movie is very nostalgic for me. And it's very like why. much our high school and like it's also like has a lot of like it's just it's good. It's a product it. of the time. Yeah. I think it'd be a fun one to do. That would be cool to do. We'll talk about that, but I definitely want to do that because I've been thinking about it and I haven't watched it since the movie, so it'd be cool to get a perspective of it now. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It's it's just like a fun like teenage campy like what it'll be. I think it'll be good. I hell, then we might do it next because I don't know what the fuck else. To do. So <laughs> for sure, I guess pencil it in for fucking Disturbia. Got it. But uh, with that being said, man, we're a couple hours in right now. We're gonna go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, guys, make sure you check out the social media pages: the Facebook, Instagram, Death Taco Podcast. This is streaming on all platforms: Spotify, Apple, Google. Wherever you want to go. But uh, Nick, thank you for being here, man. No problem. Pleasure to everybody. I don't think that saying is right. I was about to say pleasure to who's watching. Thank you. Thank you for watching, guys. (laughs) This has been the Death Taco Podcast.